morning, everyone. We are um, very excited to conclude our series today. So if you're anybody sleepy this morning, anybody need a little extra coffee? Do we need to take like a 30 second break to get some coffee? Because this is a big day as we are concluding our series epic. So what we've been doing over the past several weeks is kind of going through the entire Bible and looking at the major kind of salvation story from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, the entire Bible, in six weeks. And today, we are going to wrap that up. Give yourself a hand for making it through the Bible in six weeks. Pretty good. Um, that was pretty weak hand uh, uh, clap, but that's okay. Um, we are kind of, let me just give you kind of a snapshot picture of what we're doing and where we've gone because this is it's really important and helpful for all of us to sometimes kind of step back and look look at the big picture look at the big things God is doing and then all of those little details kind of come into place and that's what we've tried to do of course as we cover this much territory over the course of six weeks we can't get into too much detail but it gives us an opportunity to kind of really look at the big picture We see all of the major movements in the Bible that God did to kind of tell the salvation story, which scripture is really all about. And we have our completed mural today depicting all of those things. Um, At the beginning, God said he created the earth and it was good. And that was the statement that was proclaimed. But we know that sin entered the world and as a result of that pain Death, destruction, all of these things that ruined not only like creation, but the relationships people had with God. And so we find in the story, um, Adam and Eve hiding from God, isolated from God. And then all throughout the scripture, we see this kind of tug and wrestle with God. God calls the nation of Israel and says, you're going to be a blessing. You're going to help bring salvation to the world. And God works through the lives of multiple people and generations. But still, it's not complete. And they keep pointing towards and looking towards the fulfillment of something yet to come. And we see that that is the prophecy of the coming of Jesus Christ. And Jesus comes. God in flesh lives among us, walks among us, and dies and is resurrected again. And it's the picture of his new life is the hope of our new life that we'll really talk about today. Jesus, after he leaves, he says that there will be, you know, the spirit of God will come and my kingdom will come. And so God's spirit comes and dwells among people instead of the way it was in the past. As it says, you will be the temple of the Holy Spirit. God will go with you and you will go out and do amazing things all throughout the world. And over the past 2,000 years, we've seen churches sprout up all over the world and do all kinds of things in amazing different places. But the scripture still says there is this time that is yet to come. And that's what we're really talking about today. And most often the way people talk about it is they talk about it as the end, the end. The end of the story, the end of the Bible, the end of, if you, you know, kind of thinking in just story terms, it's like the credits roll, the movie's over, and it's like, all right, it's over, the end. 
However, I want to kind of push back on that idea and that kind of thinking that we have a lot of times because the scripture really tells us it's the beginning, that this is what it is, the beginning. In some ways, you can think of it similar to somebody graduating high school or college where it is the end of a point in time, but it really is the beginning of what we've been preparing for all of these years. And so in Isaiah chapter 65, the prophet Isaiah is pointing us to this kind of idea. And it says, see, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. And so this amazing realization starts to come into focus when we look at these final portions of scripture that you know what at the beginning God's created and it was good and at the end it comes all the way back to creation the new creation it's a mirror image of what happened and if you read closely the first few chapters of the Bible almost exactly mirror in reverse order the last few chapters of the Bible as it gives us a picture to new creation. I've heard it said, and it's an interesting point to make, is that the whole Bible is all about getting Adam back to the garden. That's what the whole Bible is about. Getting Adam back to what was intended in the beginning, a relationship and fellowship with God, without sin, in that environment. And that's the picture that the Bible gives us. And so we'll get into some of those, um, those details, and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of talk about that a little bit. But let, let, me just, let me just say that before we get into that, is we have to think about where does this all start? And how do we kind of wrap up this whole story? Because we know the center point of the entire story is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In many ways, the new creation starts when Jesus took his first breath after the resurrection. That's when the new creation started. That Jesus rose from death. Jesus conquered death. And the moment he took those first breaths, that was really the first moment of the new creation. There's all kinds of pictures in the scripture. And it says after Jesus rose that he was in the garden and he encountered Mary. And Mary said, uh, mistaked Jesus for the gardener. Isn't that interesting? Because in the beginning of the scripture, we see Jesus walking among the people in the garden. It's almost, you know, yeah, Mary was mistaken. He wasn't the gardener. But in some ways, she wasn't wrong. That this was the moment where they were getting back to what God had intended in the beginning. And Jesus is there and he takes those those breaths of life, and gives the picture of new life, a resurrected body from death to life, brand new and transformed. But as the scripture unfolds, it talks about how God not wanting anyone to perish, not anyone to like not get the message about God's uh, salvation that is offered, uh, is patience. And he he tells the church to go and to proclaim to all the world that that my kingdom is coming through you. 
And God says, my spirit will come and live with you. So think about what's going on. It's not over and it's not fully done yet. The book hasn't closed. But what the story is telling us is that God will live among you with the Holy Spirit if you're people that embrace this brand new life. And God will walk among you just like he intended in the very beginning and just like will happen ultimately in the end. He says God's Spirit will be among you and you are to bring Heaven to earth. You are to bring God's presence. You are to bring God's peace. You are to bring new life to all the people that you come in contact with. In many ways, you are to live this story out before it's fully realized in all the world. And so let's get into some of kind of the details as it says, as it moves towards the end of this time or this era. And kind of think about it a little bit. This is the portion of the Bible that um, has probably the most controversy associated with it and the most diversity of opinion of exactly what's going to take place. And that is to be expected because it's talking about things that have yet to come. So there is a little bit of speculation and there is a little bit of, you know, sometimes we're unclear about some of these things and there's discussions and debates And so I'm not going to get into kind of all of those little details. There's differences of opinion with those things. Um, But instead, I want to look at kind of those big picture concepts that the Bible says that really in the end of the Bible, it wraps up the entire story and helps us understand it all. And so so there are several things that happen. And many of our ideas sometimes are shaped by popular culture, maybe even movies, maybe even other kind of ideas that we have in this world. Where we think about the end as you're like kind of this, this disembodied little angel floating around in the clouds. That's kind of the picture. But the scripture gives us a little bit different picture than that. The scripture gives us a picture of uh, humanity coming back to what was intended from the very beginning. So let's look at kind of some of those events at the end of the scripture that it talks about. And hopefully it will kind of put all the pieces back together. The first one that the scripture talks about and is very clear about. um, And we can look at it in Acts chapter 1, 10 and 11. It says this. It says, this is after Jesus went into heaven. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. Then suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So there's there's some terminology things that I think are helpful. Um. You know, all throughout the scripture, it looks at, and God says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The heavens being kind of all of creation, all of the universe, and the earth being more specifically where we dwell, this planet. But all of the heavens. And it talks about, you know, many times, uh, like, that, that God is kind of in the heavens, and we are on earth. And then many times in scripture, it also, of course, with the person of Jesus... God comes from heaven to earth. 
And it says here that Jesus is in heaven. At the, and it talks about him being at the right hand of the Father, advocating on our behalf. And we are here still on earth. But Christ will return here. Christ will come back here. Christ will dwell among us here is, is the picture that the scripture talks about and always points us to. It says, be ready because Christ will return. Christ will be here again. Christ will be among us again. The second thing that it talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 um, and in many places in the scripture is it talks about the resurrection. In 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 42 through 44, it says this. So will be, so will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, but it's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there's a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. The, the scripture tells us that Christ's life, death, and resurrection is a picture of what is to come. And that it is our hope of resurrection. That after death, there will be a resurrection. There will be, there will be life again that comes to this body. Let me kind of... Really quickly go through this. These are some of the pictures that are sometimes confusing. And sometimes there's pieces of debate. But the scripture seems clear that immediately after our death. That there will be a. We can be with God in heaven. And that's the picture it talks about. That we'll be with God where God is. Even though our bodies have like have died. And there is, there's, there's no life in our physical bodies anymore. But the picture is not complete with that. It talks about that there will be a day where the body is resurrected and the body is renewed and all things that were dead are back to life again. That there is life that happens in these bones. That there is resurrected bodies that will live on and on forever. So how those things transact how the like, particulars take place, that's some of the speculation that lots of people have had and, and like lots of debates and lots of things. You know what I say about things like that is the same answer I would have when somebody says, how did God create earth in the first place? I'm like, I don't stinking know. Can you answer that? Yeah, right. How will it all transpire when God creates a new Man, I don't know. And sometimes even in the New Testament, they were arguing with this idea of resurrection because they thought, that seems weird. That seems odd. How could that be? And they say, you know what? Jesus is the picture and he rose from the dead. And so you too will. Sometimes, again, we, we get this picture almost that this earth and this life and this physical body is kind of gross and disgusting. And we love the idea of just kind of getting away from all of that and floating in heaven and just this kind of otherworldly experience. When the scripture is saying over and over, I'm making everything new. 
I'm renewing it to what it was intended to be in the first place. So our resurrected bodies different, but resurrected without sin. And um, res- resurrected to a place where there is no death and all of those things that destroy humanity. A third thing that the scripture talks about is a judgment day. That in Revelation 20, 11 through 15, it says this. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. The books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up their dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found in, written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. And so the picture we get is this cataclysmic moment in time where we face our maker. Resurrected and facing and looking at the God who, who judges all people. And who, who like looks at us and evaluates our lives and sees, sees have, have you fully... Embrace faith that was offered to you. And is at that moment in that picture, we see all the way through Scripture, and we talked about it in the third week, that if we've confessed our faith in Jesus Christ, He graciously offers us forgiveness and new life. He offers us this opportunity to, be, to, to follow God now and forever. I don't want to simplify things, but the simplest way that I could put it is this. Is it all throughout humanity, people who have walked away and have not been in relationship with God and have never reconciled that relationship with God, in the end, they also are cast away from God and they're not going to be in relationship with God for all of eternity. And those who have reconciled that relationship and come to God and said, I want relationship with you, God is there with them. God is there and now and for, forevermore. And then the picture in Revelation 21, 1 through 8. It says this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming out from heaven from God. Prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. So the picture is, is something amazing that sometimes we don't grasp or we don't fully understand and we don't see kind of the whole narrative painted all throughout the scripture. Is at the end, it's saying it's a return to what God intended in the very beginning. That, that heaven comes down and is restoring earth. That we, we live, and the picture, the final picture that we have is, is this great city that is depicted in the book of Revelation. That the people who are resurrected, their bodies are resurrected, are living in fellowship and walking with God just as they did in the beginning of time. Creation starts for relationship, and the whole scripture is a restoration of that relationship. All these things we have to understand is, is the sin that destroys in the beginning of the story is now defeated and thrown out for now and forevermore. That sin is cast away and sin is not allowed to be there in that relationship that destroys relationship with God. And so the whole picture that we have is kind of another existence and it's not 100% crystal clear or understandable because we live in this time right now and it's hard to even conceptualize that. And it's different. But it is the full circle of God's creation being restored. The new heaven, the new earth. And so this is the incredible challenge and the incredible picture that every single one of us have. As we're living in this time where, you know, the new beginning has started, it has been clear, Christ has made that available, but it, sin has not been totally cast out and defeated. So what we do right here and now, what we do in this life right now, it really, really matters. It really, really matters. Sometimes we just think, you know what, this world is just kind of a, a cruel, crazy place it's full of sin, and we just kind of almost embrace that reality. Where God is giving us a totally different picture. What would the world be like without sin? What would the world be like? That's what God wants it to be. And so the challenge that Jesus gave, it, gave us, and that we need to think about as the story comes to full circle, is Christ says, my kingdom come, my will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. May heaven come to earth. May my will be done in your life. You know, we're not here yet. And we still deal with and struggle with the sin that is present in this world. But, but Christ says, I'm with you. I'm with you. I walk with you. I fill you up. And you can be that representative right here, right now. Imagine just kind of giving the world a picture, a small picture and a small glimpse of what God intended in the very beginning. And that's, that's our life's work. Our life's work is to say, God, how can we show people that this world that's messed up from sin is not your intent? 
How can we show people that there is just a, a different reality that you desire from each and every one of us? Being people that love close to the heart of God. Sometimes it's a struggle. I know it's a struggle for me. Sometimes it feels like God is very close, and other times it seems like I'm running off and hiding and don't want anything to do with God. God is giving us the opportunity right here and right now to say, walk with me. Be with me in this earth right now. Demonstrate to other people what's to come. And so, in Revelation 22, kind of some of the concluding words of Scripture... Revelation 22, 10 and 11, it says this. It says, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this scroll, because the time is near. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right. And let the holy person continue to be holy. Gives us a little picture and says, Just beware. No, do the right thing. Follow in the right path. There's all kinds of people that will follow down a path that is leading to destruction. Don't be that person. Live out the kingdom of God in your life right here, right now. Get to work. Be a part of what God is doing. Do not like fall into that world where we, we, we're living in existence that looks more like the destroyed world than what God intended in the beginning. And then in Revelation twenty-two twenty, it says this. He who testifies to these things. Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, come. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with God's people. Amen. The final words of scripture is a look and a cry from John who writes these words and him looking and saying, God, Come, let it be done. God, come, come to earth. God, come back, return, and bring to, to earth what you intended from the beginning. Get rid of sin. Just uh, help form this new earth among us. And he says, come. And that's what all of us need to do. If we believe this story and not get caught up in the story of this whole world that we live in and all the death and destruction and sin and all this stuff, instead our thought needs to be, Lord, come. Come in my life right now. Come to me right here, right now. Change me. Transform me. Let me be new. And come, Lord Jesus, come to this earth and save it and make it new. And let your story play out through me and in me. And I can't wait for that day when sin ultimately is defeated. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with us. You see, we are living in this world. This is the world we're living. But so many times we get caught up in all these other pictures, all these other stories... All the other things. And we're living in our own world. And our own story. That is totally corrupted and tainted by sin. But God calls us to something greater. And something different. Life has come. Resurrection is here. And it's offered to us. Come Lord Jesus. Come among 
us right here, right now. And so as we conclude this story, it should be something that kind of is the, is the theme and the narrative that goes through our life. It guides our decisions. It guides the way that we think about things. Instead of getting caught up in all other stories. So I invite you to, sh- to, to read with us kind of this final epic story as we sum it up together and ask God to come and help us to be a part of what you're doing on earth. Would you read this with me and make it your prayer today? God, the world you created is good. Out of nothingness, you spoke life into being, breathing into us the breath of life. You created mankind in your own image. Yet our sin has stained your creation, bringing broken relationships, pain, toil, and death. In your mercy, you intervened. We were enslaved by sin, but you came and spoke words of life. Despite our rebellion, you never gave up on your people. Jesus came into our world and showed us a truly abundant life. He loved, he taught, he died, but raised again. Transformed by your grace and filled with the Holy Spirit, your church spread around the world. Today, you invite us to be a part of this world-transforming movement. We await your return, place our hope in in resurrection, and look forward to the day when we'll stand before the throne for judgment. We'll be your people, and you'll be our guide, and God, and there will be no more pain and no more death. Will you pray with me? God, we pray that you'd help us to become people who are just focused on what you're doing in this world. Help us to be a part of your epic story. This story, it started in the beginning of time and goes on and on forever and ever. God, sometimes living in this world, things are confusing and unclear. Many times we believe other pictures of what This world really is like. But God, I I pray that we would get a glimpse. We would get an idea of what you intended from the very beginning. That each and every one of us would cry out to you, seek forgiveness. And God, that we would eagerly anticipate the day when sin and death is gone and we walk with you and live with you forever and ever. God, right now we think about and pray for all those people in this world who are consumed by sin And whose relationship is far from you. God, help us to go and represent you. Help us to bring heaven to earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done. In our lives. So right now, God, we humbly repent. And we say, God, forgive us for the sin that 
we've been a part of. And God, we want to follow you. We want to live a life close to you. So do something in our hearts and our lives right now. Since the moment sin entered the world, realize that God has been on a mission to save you and save all of humanity from the consequences of that sin. Understand that God has been at work peeling back all the destruction and pain and sin and death. And he's bringing it to to a full story, full completion where there will be no more sin. There will be no more death. There will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. And we will walk with God. He will be our God. We will be his people. So no matter how discouraged or how dark or how scary this world gets, remember... Remember what God is doing in you and in this world. And cry out to God. Cry out to God. Say, God, forgive me. Save me. Help me to walk with you. Not on my own. I'm hopeless without you. Take a moment to offer your own prayers. Open your heart up. And let God come in.